0: This episode of The Loyal Sun Show is brought to you by Rendine Consulting. If you've listened to us for any amount of time, you know all about Rendine Consulting's commitment to the Pitt Athletics program and brand, and how much they've meant to the Loyal Suns. That's Rendine Consulting, providing investment managers' assistance with technology integration. Visit www.rendineconsulting.com for more information. That's www.rendineconsulting.com. show that's at the loyal sons on twitter follow us there and follow us here for pit sports content you won't want to miss if you love johnny majors and hate the existential weight of being alive this is the place for you the loyal Suns show a safe sunshiny but sometimes pretty dreary place for your pit athletics fix brought to you by pittsburgh sports now Today is September 14th, and the dream has died. Pitt fell on Saturday in heartbreaking fashion in overtime, 34 to 27 to the Tennessee Volunteers. I'm joined here in our studio, The Greg, by my wonderful co-hosts, Squid and Dylan. Squid, Dylan,
1: how are we feeling? Not great, but could be a lot worse.
2: I've had some time, we're recording this on Sunday night, this is our first time we've really done that, we usually do the Monday. So we've only had a little over 24 hours to digest this one. Sometimes I like to have a little bit more of a a sulking period, but unfortunately, we don't have that, we don't have that luxury. I've only watched the game back once, and usually by the time we're doing the show I've watched it four or five times. So I don't really know how to feel just yet but i do know that i had a really sick feeling in my stomach walking out of the act listening to vols, vols fans chant and eventually once i made it outside I got some fresh air took a deep breath this is probably the best i've felt after a loss in the last couple of years and that's not you know, Michigan State, maybe. So, out of the four losses the last two years, this is number two.
0: And and the best you've ever felt after a pit loss is like saying, "That's the smartest graduate of West Virginia University." Like it's not right. really saying
1: much. It's not saying much, but it is saying a lot considering the way we lost. We lost in overtime on a yeah. heartbreaking finish. A lot of what ifs. Things bounce inches, and. and if you told me that before the game, I'd be like, wow, that would suck so bad. And it did. But the fact that we were able to come to our senses and realize it could have been, we could be feeling a lot worse. Right
2: Everything's now. still in front of us. Every, all the goals, yeah. playoff hurt, hopes hurt a little bit. But if Pitt runs the table, you have to go one loss to have a chance at the playoff. They run the table. We, a loss in week two is pretty good. But I'm not really
0: worried about running the table right now. I'm, I'm not really about worried about Michigan. the playoff right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, So, now that we've captured kind of the mood of the room, um, why don't we take it from the top? Uh, Let's take it from the start of the game. Pitt came out firing.
1: And they came out, I think, most importantly, in shotgun. I think it was really reassuring that pretty much everything we complained about in our post-West Virginia podcast was answered. And they looked really good. The shotgun, the passes, running from the shotgun. Whenever they had Slovis, they looked exactly how we dreamed of in our minds. I
0: I had a ton of dread this week, and I know I predicted. We all predicted 41 to 38 on last week's show. Um, I did not actually think Pitt was going to win this game most of last week, um, and I ended up being correct. Yay, me. Uh, but it was all under different pretenses because Narduzzi had a quote after the game where a reporter was asking, like, hey, look at these numbers when you were under center and these numbers when you were in shotgun do you see how these are two different things how one is like way cool and the other one is like ah terrible um and he basically said like nah 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 those those numbers are a lie and we're just gonna keep doing what we have been doing essentially was his answer obviously i'm paraphrasing for effect but uh The intent of his message was, we are going to keep running under center and controlling the game, and we're going to keep trying to make it work. And in hindsight, that was a clever smokescreen from Narduzzi because I could not recall a single play where Slovis was under center. John, you said you remembered
1: one. I thought I saw a tweet that said he was under center one time.
0: So,
2: once out of 40-some plays. I don't know how many plays Pitt ran in the first half. Probably around that range, so... I really liked how the offense looked. Yeah, I think Pitt came out firing. First couple of drives looked good. Couldn't capitalize. And ultimately, those opportunities you blow very well could have been up 17 nothing. but there's a drop pass in the back of the end zone. Even prior to that, the first possession, only getting three points when we probably could have got seven. Leaving those points on the field hurt. And at the time, it felt like, while we are dominating this team, they don't even look like they should be on the field with us. But we were staring out a, staring down a one-possession game.
1: Tennessee snuck back in quick. Yeah. We knew they'd come back and score a lot of points, but it would have been nice to keep a lead for longer than we did. Ten-point leads are poison in the Johnny Majors Classic,
0: it would appear. Um, but we, we came out the gate firing both offensively and defensively. We finally got that home run ball from Izzy that we knew he had inside of him, a 76-yard beauty of a run. I've envisioned that in my head.
2: Thousands of times at this point and to finally get it. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it It was, it was great.
0: I, I, he looked great on that run and it, it was, it was the setup of the run that I really liked. It wasn't, you know, packing the box and trying to jam it down their throat. It was, we spread them out and were able to get just enough of a crease in the offensive line that once he got to the second level, he could do that thing of where he's a freak athlete and faster than everybody on the field and stronger than anybody that can run as fast as him. So he was he was gone in the blink of an eye, um, had some fireworks there, had some fireworks with our guy Gavin Bartholomew leaping like Jesse Owens over an incoming
1: defender and scampering about 60 yards for a touchdown. I but- fell over the road in front of us. I was like in shock. I was laughing. I just fell over into the road in front of us.
2: That was a surreal play, and I, th- I think – I didn't get to watch sports center this morning, but I think it was number one on top 10. I know me and another buddy of ours sent to our group chat, then a net, then a voice message at uh, the exact same time, because everyone in the stadium knew that was a highlight play. That was a, something that you were going to see on SVP at midnight. What a play he's, he's a freak and it makes you that much more upset that they didn't use him more against West Virginia.
0: Yeah. I mean, that was, that was unbelievable. Um, what an absolute gem we got out of a low three-star from Schuckle. We've been trying to pronounce his name Shikele. for months. He, th- he told
2: us Schuyl. Schuyl. Schuyl.
0: "Is Schuyl? Maybe. Schuylkill Haven. Schuylkill. I thought it was like Schuylkill Farms or something. From a small town in central Pennsylvania, but what a diamond in the rough he's been. Um, but between those two touchdowns, uh, you know, those real home run balls, um, Izzy and, and Bart had. There was a sliding glass door moment where Pitt was driving up 10 and Keaton Slovis kind of off his back foot threw a rope into the back of the end zone that hit Bub Means square in both of his hands And he kind of Bryce Ford-wheatened it to a defender who was able to come down with it in the back of the end zone. And from there, Tennessee got all the momentum they needed to march. And they scored, and it was a 14-point swing.
2: That was just an inexcusable drop. can't happen. And really, when you look back at it, there's a lot of stuff that happened in the game. Slovis' injury, I think, is number one on the list of reasons why Pitt— didn't come out victorious on Saturday. I would venture to say that that was number two.
1: Yeah, it was a beautiful pass. In the stadium, we didn't know if it got tipped. We rewatched it right in the hands, so that hurt. Especially because it popped straight up. We could have gotten at least three points if that isn't caught. It was third down, but beautiful throw by Slovis.
2: Slovis took a shot on that play. Oh, you got one of those.
1: Not the only one he took. Yeah, yeah, we'll get get to those.
0: Um, And I... We can argue sliding or uh, what ifs later because I don't ever think I've watched a football game with so many what ifs. But I would argue if we were to power rank what ifs, uh, there were some missed field goals that might have. Yeah. Because it was, I mean, it was a, I remember being a little bit pissed off at Slovis for throwing it because I thought I remembered like one more defender in the area, which would have implied triple coverage. But he threw a rope, hit Bub Means right in the hands. Um, Hell of a throw ballsy throw bub's got to come down with it and then uh tennessee got some momentum and you know we we were heading into the half down uh slovis at this point had 195 yards passing he was on track for four so i don't want to see any slovis slander on twitter or panther lair or wherever you you know type your vitriolic comments and send them out into the ether because you are
1: dissatisfied with your own life he played great yeah i think a lot of the things that he did wrong we talked about how the coaching staff made adjustments from game one to game two a lot of those issues with the were were fixed. he was getting the ball out quicker he was taking shots but west virginia he was holding on to the ball and taking those sacks he was hitting guys over the middle quickly uh there were one or two maybe he'd like to get out quicker he took two sacks I mean, Ten- still, Tennessee was bringing the house, it felt like, every play. And he was making plays still, so I don't think anybody, maybe some Tennessee fans will think differently, but I don't think any of us or Pitt fans think that Pitt loses that game if he doesn't get strip-sacked and hurt on the same play. Yeah, that was, uh, another, that was a tough one. Another big swing. Like you said, the Bum Means won 14-point swing. Uh, if he gets sacked there, doesn't fumble, Tennessee doesn't get three points. If MJ Devonshire wears a shoe size half smaller. He has an interception. to get three points. Yeah, that was a rough way to end the half. That was that was tough for sure. And then um,
0: came out in the second half, and uh, thing the game looked a little bit different in the second half. Um, a new guy under center. New guy for starters. Uh, a guy being under center in the first place also a, a departure. Um, Nick Paddy came in in relief of Slovis, who uh, were hearing concussion, possibly something with his shoulder. But the, most of the buzz is wrong. There was a lot of rumor about uh, a broken collarbone, which would have ended his season. But that, I think that's kind of died away. Yeah, um, some of the we're not confirming
1: anything. Yeah. We aren't. Like, aren't running with sources. This is just kind of the buzz we're hearing. Yeah, it seems like it's not as bad as it initially looked. I think a lot of people jumped to what we saw before with the USC transfer, whenever Max Brown got tackled hard, broken collarbone out for the year. Um, I think people think maybe he's had a couple of weeks. Maybe he plays outside shot. So we'll find out. But I think the the other big departure
0: for that half was the defense showed up. Yeah, the defense was
2: unbelievable in the second half. I think you go into halftime, make the necessary adjustments. We got beat on a couple deep balls in the first half, and that's just the nature of the Narduzzi defense. You're gonna get beat on these deep balls. But those before. were way too easy. They were easy. They were too easy. But I moved on from the first half. Yeah. I can't. I can't talk any further on that. But the second half defense was pinning their ears back. The defensive line was getting after Hendon Hooker a few times. He escapes and maybe escapes a sack and picks up a few yards, but. The defense locked in. If the defense can play at the level they played in the second half against a very good Tennessee offense with very good playmakers, a good quarterback, if they can lock in and play like that throughout the rest of the season and if they can put full games together like that, that defensive unit is going to be scary and kind of live up to that potential that we were expecting yeah. them to. They said they, it they whole... haven't looked great through a game and a half, to yeah. be honest.
1: They showed a stat on the broadcast, where they said it throughout the week too. Tennessee has scored over 45 in their last four games. We held them – to 34, 27 regulation. When's the last time they had three points and a half?
0: That's more research than I'm willing to do right now, but I yeah, can't yeah, imagine I just, this happening too much. <laughs> I need to stop asking questions that would require us to actually do research before or doing these podcasts because uh, Nick saving me. Stop asking because I'm not going to do it.
2: <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Defense looked phenomenal. The offense, I think it's pretty clear that with, with any backup QB, the, the playbook shrinks up a little bit. Not quite to yeah. the extent that it did with Davis Bevel and the Peach Bowl last year, where they were running the same seven plays for the entirety of the time Bevel was in the game. But mm-hmm. Patty's Patty's strengths and the things he does well, maybe they decide to shift to running the ball out of the out of the single back out of the, out of the eye, but. It got too predictable. 15 of the last 16 first downs, or maybe just the second half first downs, were run plays. And outside of Izzy's one one that he broke, most of them were being stopped at the line or for a loss. And we yep. got behind the sticks a lot early. And yep. part of that was Nick Patty got rolled up on, was in a boot after the game. He was playing on one leg. Absolutely
1: gutsy performance. He looked like he was in pain kneeling it down on that last yeah. play in regulation he looked in pain handed the ball off a few times
2: he struggled he struggled to stand back up after kneeling it but even before then it, it had seemed that the the playbook had shrunk and they weren't really willing to just kind of give him the keys and this wasn't felt like uh, they probably had a pretty good idea of Slovis being the starter a lot earlier than they let on after the the camp battle but all in all that I think it just became a really conservative approach, and and let's try to win this game with getting stops, with field position, getting turnovers, that type of deal.
0: The Narduzzi way, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I almost wonder. Do you think they installed a lot of you know shotgun spread formation, uh, offensive schemes this week, or at least practice them a lot more and the focus was obviously on Slovis running it.
2: Um, and I mean, then, I think, I think anytime the, at this point the QB one's getting most of the reps with the first team. I don't right. think maybe that, that progression through camp, maybe when they started, it could have been 50, 50, but I don't think Nick, Nick's not going to have the same game plan and, and the, the same luxuries that Keaton's going to have right yeah. now with, with getting a lot of reps with the first team. So that, that's true with any backup quarterback, but it, it was pretty apparent that the that the game plan changed pretty significantly.
1: Yeah, it looked like first half of West Virginia. Just under center a lot. Yeah, running down the throat. And, and just, Tennessee was, I don't know, we heard their defense wasn't very great. It was a weakness almost. But whenever they had Nick Patty in, a hobbled Nick Patty, they would just blitz every play, stuff the run. If not, you have a, a wounded quarterback in the pocket who can't escape or anything. So it was really uh, we we might get into look a like wall or draw Georgia back three steps year. and get it out quick. So yeah. it was a tough go at it for the offense once we got down to a, that because uh, we saw Derek Kyler warming up on the sideline. That would be uh, That'd be interesting. Um, that'd the be Dartmouth interesting.
2: transfer. I don't really want any Ivy. Is he
1: Ivy or Patriot League? Ivy, Ivy. League, right? Ivy yeah, League Ivy. player of the year. Yeah.
0: yeah. Nerd. Uh and we can we can talk about that situation uh, when we preview Western Michigan. I'm I'm not ready to take that leap yet.
2: I heard Derek Kyler uh, rimmed with Fogel at Dartmouth. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Nick Patty on one leg does deliver an absolute strike to Jared Wayne for the the tying score with a little under two minutes left. Jared Wayne, best hands in the nation. Are we willing to anoint him that yet? Strongest hands.
0: I I would go strongest. I don't I don't know about about best, just because. Uh, I don't watch nearly like, enough college football. That's and, quite a, a claim to stake.
1: There might be a few surgeons out there with better hands than them. <laughs> but uh, on the football Dr. field. Doctor Strange pre Lamborghini
0: accident. Yeah. Uh, no, I. They went to review that touchdown. And I leaned over to my dad and I was like, they don't even have to. There's, there's no way that ball moved on an atomic level. I got up and went to the
2: bathroom because I knew there was no way Jared Wayne, a ball thrown in Jared Wayne's direction wasn't caught. So I was like, everyone else is going to be locked in on the scoreboard. I'm going to go take a piss real quick.
1: I thought it was one of those things where they'd review it and see if it moved when it hit the ground. But whenever I saw he was going towards the ground with his hands wrapped around the football, that's not moving anywhere. I don't care if, He's set up by a truck. That ball is moving an inch.
0: I, I swear if you zoom in close enough on that ball as he caught it in his little vice grip hands, you can start to see the seams pop on it. Yeah. The only
2: ball that has ever been clutched as hard as that one, and I promise this won't be an inappropriate joke. I love where this is going. Dewan Blair rebounding circa oh 2008. <laughs> yeah, he almost popped a few. Not the way
0: you thought that was going, huh? No, no, no. <laughs> I thought I thought we left that whole topic in the uh, Adam Crowley interview, but, uh, but <laughs> no, he. I mean, they. He gave us some hope there, and so we score that touchdown, tie up the game. You wanted to go for two. Are we
2: gonna skip over the the argument that you and me
0: had on the Riverwalk that we That's decided? To what I was leading into, this? but I was I was wondering we we did skip some of the heroics from the defense and. Uh, but So before we get into the main event, I want to I give a huge shout-out to... Um, I don't know who our long snapper is, but for him to get down there and recover that Byron muff punt was huge. Sure. Uh, shout-out to you, kid. Uh, him to get down there and recover that fumble was awesome. The blocked punt was great, but we have some gripes about that. PJ O'Brien
2: and Solomon De Shields fought over the ball, and we watched it about 10 times, and it feels like one of them... Maybe the Shields should have turned up the field and start blocking. In the moment, you're looking to make a play, but it just hurts so bad watching back if, because the, it, that was a walk-in touchdown. If
0: one of them as opposed to – if there was only one person in the vicinity of that ball, that's a touchdown. Right. I don't care if it's O'Brien. I don't care if it's the Shields. The fact that there were two of them and there was clearly some confusion, they just felt the presence of a body and thought it was someone like someone from Tennessee. Maybe an opponent, yeah. They, they housed – there was no one around. The, right. the punter was within 10 yards and he got blown up by. Uh, who was that on him? Who's 24? I tried
2: to catch that when we were watching
0: it. But. I thought we had the whole roster memorized, but <laughs> the, the only guy within 10 yards got absolutely blown onto his ass and it, it could have been a walk in touchdown. It's just, I mean, another what if. You know, you, you can't fault them. That was an incredible play.
2: Tamarian Crumpley was the, was the guy I had
0: leading the charge, so.
1: Just a heartbreaker. We'll but... study the depth chart for special teams for next week. <laughs> there you go. Well I wanted to oh, say deserve it. I after wanted to this
2: say SIBO, but it wasn't SIBO.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: So special teams, some bad uh Sauls misses aside really stepped up in the game. Uh and honestly I I want to know what Sam Scarton did in training camp after the season he had last year to find
1: himself on the bench? Probably missed a lot of field goals. <laughs> a <laughs> lot. Because you'd think he'd have the benefit of the doubt off they were pretty neck and neck. So I I don't know anything, but I'd have to imagine Sauls was decisively better in camp than they gave it to him. You have to assume. But at the same time, finding a good college kicker
0: is so hard. It took... Alabama, Nick Saban's Alabama and all the resources that it had a decade to find a decent kicker. And we had one of the most consistent in the country, the, the most points scored by a pit player ever. And, yeah, obviously that had a little bit to do with scoring 45 points a game. Um, but w- w- reinventing the wheel. Why?
2: Hammer and chisel out. Yeah, uh, I, I know part of the thing with Scarton last year was – he, ha- he doesn't have a very big leg. For example, Ben Saul's one of the kicks he missed was a 46-yarder. Skarton probably doesn't even get trotted out there for a 46-yarder. Especially last year, they were saying, oh, it's fourth and seven. Like, can he sling it? He'll make something happen. This year, maybe the thought process was we like the guy with a little more range. He was a little better in camp, so that gives us some more options on the special teams. But for a guy who made 17 out of 21 kicks last year, which is very very workable with a college kicker. Yeah.
1: we will take that every year. You, college you,
2: kickers suck. Yeah. So you feel like he probably in game has, has made some decently important kicks. Um, I don't know. We'll see how it goes moving forward, but I have a feeling Narduzzi is not going to really stand for, for leaving points on the board like that. Yeah. I could, I'd envision a change coming, but we'll see. Maybe they go to something where Saul's kicks 45 yards and further. Probably don't want to mess with that too much. A left footed kicker versus a right footed kicker. Yeah. Not to dive too deep into the details of the way place kickers and they have different holders and all that, but
0: we learned a little bit about pissed off. Yeah. (laughs) We learned a little bit about the complexity of that during the Steelers game today. Um, yeah, just would have been would have been remiss to not touch on any of the special teams ups and downs uh, before Dylan and I start screaming at each other like we did on the Riverwalk home because we walked from Heinz Field to the Strip District for some reason.
1: Um, so real quick before we get that, we got to give a shout out to our guy Mike from uh, what law was that?
2: Gold Two, right behind the Post Gazette Boy. Building. Uh, four hours east of Pittsburgh, Mike, Line and Kugel Mike. Line and Kugel Mike. Appreciate appreciate the beers you, the roadies you gave us after the game.
0: He recognized three sad, <laughs> defeated, thirsty loyal sons walking through the parking lot, told us he loved the show and uh, emptied the remains of his cooler for us and, and our friends to have a little uh, little little you know walking beer. We also passed
2: by some others so if you see us after games we're going to be give us your beer we're going to be begging for roadies we yeah saw, we saw some other people absolutely appreciative but they gave us ipas like six and a half percent ipas and giving us six and a half percent ipas after a 330 kickoff that Pitt loses is like pouring gasoline on a fire that's burning down an orphanage that is don't give us six and a half percent IPA. We
1: got to the North Shore at ten thirty AM <laughs> What time was that? That was probably around ten or so PM. So. Lucky
2: me and David didn't push each other into the river after that. So. Yeah,
1: yeah. Also, I mean,
0: we did we did make the new I was I was gonna ask it in the roundup, you know, what positives came, you know, out of the game and I figured we'd talk about Landing Kugel Mike. We also got to promote the podcast on WTAE. Awesome uh News organization, um, especially now that Wendy Bell is gone, uh, and you know a lot of great, a lot of great people, really happy we got to talk about who the loyal sons are and what it means to be a loyal son for their viewing public.
2: At some point, we need to talk about this two point conversion. I think you're. We feel been, like you're
0: skirting around the issue. here. Yeah, I've been, I've been trying to mentally prepare an argument. I've been filibustering a little bit. So here's where I stand. We scored that game tying touchdown well what would have been a game what ended up being a game tying touchdown. Um I firmly believe that it was malpractice of Narduzzi and Signetti to not go for two. Uh Nick Patty is on a bum ankle. Even before he got hurt guy wasn't dropping dimes you know they weren't running the full breadth of the playbook tennessee was just packing the box and sending the house every single play we were not getting movement on offense why would you risk going into overtime and giving tennessee's fully healthy offense more opportunity to score points on us and keep putting the ball in an injured nick patty's hands to try to do whatever it is we ended up doing in that first overtime. I, I thought it was ridiculous. I think you have to have something in your bag of tricks for that situation. I don't know if it's a double reverse end around to Jared Wayne where he can either lower his shoulder or, or throw it. I don't, you know, something tricky and cute like that. I, I don't think the ball should have been in Nick Patty's hands for very long because, again, that last drive was heroic, but he was just not in the condition to do what was asked of him. I I just think you, especially with our, our kicking game looking the way it did, I, I think it was ridiculous to not try to end the game right there and then, because the longer we played that game, the greater likelihood was that we were going to lose, and it ended up that way.
2: Spin zone, we scored more points in the third and fourth quarters than the Tennessee Volunteers did. We were down at halftime. We were able to tie it up, and our defense was playing outside of their minds. They didn't allow the volunteers to get in the end zone in the second half. They allowed a deep field goal. But other than that, the the defense was absolutely dominating Tennessee for the for the two quarters, essentially, that had led up to that point. I think at that point, the idea, what's going through Deuce's head is, Our defense is firing on all cylinders right now, and we just proved we can score a touchdown. It wasn't the prettiest, but we just proved that we are able to get whatever. You only have to go 25 yards in overtime. I like our defense to make a play
0: over their defense making a play. But, well, first of all, overtime does not favor defenses. You only have to go 25 yards, and then when you factor in kicking, their kicker made a 51-yarder, and ours missed two. That would have won us the game. And overtime is nothing but more time for you to revert to the mean, to who you truly are. And their offense is explosive, and yeah, we held them off for two quarters, but it was just more time for them to do exactly what they did, which was go over the top to Cedric Tillman, who killed us all game. I just think it's ridiculous to think, you know, we could have expected that sustained performance from our defense however many frames the overtime went.
1: It is definitely not ridiculous. I don't think think it's ridiculous. To assume, assume like, yes, they will continue to play this way. I mean, I think. I'm surprised it happened. I think
2: if you look (laughs) at the play that we got beat on, Devonshire, they have a second and 15, and Devonshire slips in the end zone.
0: Even before he slipped, he played that ball pretty poorly. He went over him. Okay,
2: but you have a jump ball on a second and 15 on throwing at. A corner who played pretty damn well last week, and, and you
0: you don't think red zone offense and like a red zone scenario favors the team with the literal middle linebackers that are like six five and can jump forty inches into the air at receiver.
2: I think our defense was better than theirs, and I think our defense. I think Deuce trusted our defense to go make a play. They were getting after Hooker in the second half. They weren't allowing tennessee to just carve them up we got beat on something that we get beat on but they weren't getting beat on for the previous two quarters and mj devonshire has played pretty well this year he got burnt in that game they have really good receivers i get that but to say all right we went down the field and our only chance here is to go for two if we think we're gonna win it with a short yardage offense that has not been good at all
1: (laughs) i'll add this i was it was fun to watch this because you two are mostly going at it. I lean toward still side, but in the middle of this Thank argument you. on the Riverwalk, I was like, hey, let's stop, save it for the podcast. It'll be better <laughs> if we don't have to rerun it. You can get it all off your chest then. I will add, we had first and goal on that last drive. Yes. We almost didn't score. Our short yardage offense was pretty bad.
2: Short yards offense was terrible. If, if it weren't, we're calling a play action that loses 15 yards on a sack, but we're mar- knocking on the end
0: zone there, our first drive on offense. Well, we didn't exactly march down the field. It was as a result of turnovers. Of the six drives In that overtime. Nick, in uh, overtime.
2: In overtime. We were about to score. We were knocking on the door, and but Frank Signetti f- dials up a play action that we lost 12 yards on because everyone knew what they were going to run.
0: Right, we were so handicapped on offense, they knew what we were going to run, so why put ourselves in the position to run more offense, especially when Nick Patty, the six drives that he quarterbacked, only two of them went for longer than the necessary 25 yards that you need in overtime. I think one of them was 27, and I don't know if the other one was above 40. Like, they were not moving the football. They were incapable of moving the football. They, we we had a couple creative play calls, the slip screen to Izzy, and a great catch by Jared Wayne, Asking us to score points in that game was going to be unsustainable with the given situation. It was so much more likely, and it happened that we would slip we would blink on defense before it being able to generate offense or make a game winning kick. And I just think you increase your chances of winning that game greatly. Even if a two point conversion is a true coin flip,
1: it it would have been so much more likely that we win. Yeah. I had no faith in a score on that fourth and goal the they ended up converting to Jared Wayne. I thought that was a miracle. Before that play, I was like, yeah, this is going to be incomplete. Or and you wanted to,
0: to try to, them to try to do that multiple
2: times? I thought there was
1: a better chance we would outplay Tennessee in overtime than us getting a two-point conversion.
2: 100%. I, I thought the momentum was on our side. The momentum was leaning our way. But, I mean, we kind of just pulled that last touchdown out of our ass. And I really I had no idea what they could, what they could draw up for a two-point conversion there. I thought making something happen in overtime, letting the defense go out and make a play, force a turnover, push them back for a deep field goal that their guy misses, and then letting us maybe kick a field goal or maybe have the pressure off of us to go score after Tennessee hadn't
0: scored. Um, I, ben Souls is kicking this field goal in the same game where he –
2: Okay, but he he made one after that. I'm saying the odds... Barely.
0: So, that was a 35-yarder that he made by a yard.
2: At the end of the day, are we going to look at that and say, we're not going to kick it if it's a 33-yarder? If we get into a spot? I'd rather be in that situation than what I really think was a, a tough situation. For the if team. they went
1: for two, I'd be fine with it. If you have a play call you like, I'd be fine with it. Um, my thought process was give your team a chance because they, they played really well in the second half. Offensively stumbled around, the defense carried them, and I yeah. I would have put them on the field unless last it,
0: time. It just felt like, in the case of overtime, they only had to get lucky once, and we had to get lucky every time. And that's what happened. I don't know.
2: I don't know about that. I mean, we'll, we'll have to agree. I think we've gone on long enough for this. We'll have to agree to disagree. I'd love to hear what some other people thought, and I'd love to yeah. hear your true, honest thoughts before the end of the game not hindsight 2020 we should have went for two I know you said you were calling at the time and I believe you I think there's going to be a lot of people who say oh yeah they definitely should have gone for two who absolutely were not
0: calling for it at the time it didn't well, even that there's a reason that they're in the stands and we're in the stands and right. Frank Signetti is getting paid money to do this and and right. I, I don't want to like make this like oh goddamn, Narduzzi and Signetti yeah. I think Signetti called a phenomenal game in the first half really and i mean i i get narduzzi as a guy who trusts his defense so i'm not like losing my mind over this it's just another one of those what ifs of like oh man we had opportunities to beat a top 24 high level sec program at home with our backup quarterback on one leg and holy shit would that have been cool man yeah,
2: I, I will almost always... I thought the right decision was to kick it and go to OT, but the one thing that I will lean towards your side on is that it's almost always cooler to go for two for the win, and it's always like you can always spin it as, well, I trusted our guys to go make a play. So I get that side of it, but I did not flip-flopping on the argument. I do think they should have kicked the extra point, but... It's a little easier to spin as you know what. Dude says balls. He went for it. So,
0: I was kind of hoping we'd yell a little bit more in this segment, like we did on Saturday night. But, but we've not uh, been drinking for hours. Well, and
1: we're just really tired mm-hmm. and a little little bit forlorn. So oh, I thought that it was end of the fourth quarter. Pitt was driving like Are all the games this year to come down to this, <laughs> like one score game, one team marching for the win. My heart's racing. I'm physically, mentally, and spiritually exhausted. I can't do this for twelve weeks. I've I've made a, a calculated a, a business decision, if you will.
0: I, I love me some Steelers. They were they were the first team in my heart. Um, if Pitt is gonna continue to require this much emotional investment, I cannot fully invest in the steel. It's like I have to almost like I have to pick one to get like way too into. Uh, especially with the way that I think a lot of Steeler games are going to end up this year. Um, I I don't think I can fully emotionally invest in them until Kenny is under center, because otherwise I will just be
1: a shell of a human being. Yeah, weekends will be a lot.
0: Yeah,
2: I, I can't think of either of these weekends football games any longer. We have to go to the next segment. <laughs>
0: So, obviously, things could have gone a little bit differently last week, and we were denied an incredible opportunity um, to pull off a heroic win against Tennessee. But is the sky falling around the pit program? The sun came up today.
1: It's a pretty gross day. I don't know if that's the best analogy. I don't really go outside except whenever I came (laughs) over here, so I can't confirm or deny that. I think
2: uh, we kind of kicked off saying – This is we felt a lot worse about losses. And I know there's going to be some reactionary people who say are going to somehow spin this as same old pit, but it's not same old. or an
0: indictment on Narduzzi somehow, same
1: old pit losing to top 25 SEC schools in overtime with a backup quarterback. Yeah.
0: So I think
2: where we stand now is this was obviously a great opportunity, a great chance for Pitt. If they win, probably propel maybe top 10 with a win, 10, 12 range. Mm-hmm. Tennessee's up to 15, so we would have been a little higher than that. We would have jumped. Whatever. Pools are stupid. Although Pitt is still ranked, so they're not stupid until we're not ranked.
0: Yeah, I and I'm really relieved about that because I knew that it was impressive that we were able to t- shut down Tennessee and take them to overtime with half a backup quarterback, but I didn't expect pollsters to – recognize that and make a decision like a nuanced call on if Pitt was still one of the 25 best teams in the country so i was really pleased
1: to see us still ranked if you know for that reason
0: and because i like when there's the little number
1: yeah the loyal uh, sons new stances rankings are stupid and we're not going to talk about them except right now and at any other time we probably will but i don't think we will much this year because we believe that Pitt'll just chip away and work their way up but last night as we were leaving i was like yeah, we'll be unranked in Notre Dame at Owens, who will be like twenty-five. I'm expecting that
3: <laughs>
2: they did drop out. For the record, I do also just love the number next our name. It's
0: great. It's it looks so good. It makes me feel happy. Yeah. So, I, but before we kind of assess where this takes us, the rest of the season, I, th- I think we should probably count the dead. Um, down Slovis, possibly a concussion. Down Patty, hearing ankle. Owen Drexel went out. Hearing, not good. Uh, Savasier went out. Bart went out. Two interior defensive linemen went out.
2: Devin Danielson went out early. He, he went, went out didn't early. Did, did didn't Green go down? Or, yeah, it, Jules. I, I was trying to figure out which of those were. I uh, think oh, Green, they're, they're going too up-tempo. I have to f- cramp, and then
1: which of those were real injuries? I had some trouble there, but I think Green was a. Uh, oh no, I have a cramp. Got you. And uh, I saw some Tennessee fans complaining about that one on Twitter. But Danielson got hurt, did not return. I think and that was the only instances of that happening this game. And, and judging fans, by
0: how many times we saw uh, Nate Temple and Bam Brema, um I have to assume there's one more on that list that we just don't know about yet. Well, so Deslin
2: dressed, and we heard he was day-to-day, and he was a captain. He walked out there. He was dressed. But
1: I would have to look. Did he play at all? I did not notice him.
2: I didn't notice him. I don't know if he got any I don't think he played. So it might have just been, we'll dress you up if if we think you can go
0: after warm-ups. Give give Tennessee one more thing to think about. Right. So I
2: I think he'll... The fact that he was dressed has me optimistic that he can come back maybe this week or whatever it may be. But, yeah, it's a lot of injuries, and Pitt is getting decimated by injuries right now, and that is the one thing that could
1: really derail a season. Well, let's start at the top. Next week at Western Michigan, we'll need a quarterback.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what the concussion protocol is. If that's what Slovis has, head injury, concussion, same, same thing. If Nick Patty walked, that someone saw Nick Patty walk out of the stadium in a boot, so that's feels like more than a week to recover. Yeah. If Pitt has to march up to Kalamazoo and trot out the Dartmouth transfer, Derek Kyler, I- I'm
0: concerned. Well, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, part of me thinks. And by part of me, I think uh, I was at a, a gathering early today and a, another Pitt fan who's very smart made this point. Well, Kyler has in-game experience. Like I think He has a bunch of Dartmouth records he's played in college football games. 18-2 and, and and record.
2: 42 touchdowns to six interceptions, TD to interception
0: ratio. So he's the second coming of Kenny Pickett is what you're saying. Um, and, and Nate Yarnell has not. So if you're going into overtime and Patty can't play, like you throw in the guy with experience, but you know, potentially if there's a full week of preparation, knowing like this is our guy against Western Michigan, we'd be more likely to see Yarnell. I don't think so. No. No.
2: I think there's like zero chance. Really? I think they would go Kyler. He was, and I get the point. I, that is a very good point that I wouldn't have thought of, but some person who, we've been asking for updates on the whole on everything. Our rat essentially. So <laughs> if you don't want to see Yarnell. So that's yeah. just leave it at that. Um Yikes. I don't I don't want to get too deep into that. But I think also the same logic that you would play him in overtime. If you're gonna trot a guy out there, you need him to go for a week, why not play a guy who's played some college football and let him manage a game, hopefully what our what should be bigger stronger team run the ball a good bit and and let him work a little bit out of the play action I, I'm afraid we will see way more under center than we would like to
1: I hate hearing that some linemen are going to miss some time we should be fine with the upcoming schedule we have as long as we have Nick Patty and or Keaton Slovis healthy we we're fortunate things slow down we had two tough games out of the gate Western Michigan and then Rhode Island and then the ACC begins but it's not game busters. We should be able to get by without a few line in skill position guys. We and need a quarterback. I'm not in favor of resting guys
2: that can go and say, oh, it's just the Mac team because that same Mac team beat us at home last year. Well, that was a
1: Delaware game. Remember Pickett? Yep. I don't know how hard he was. I don't remember exactly, but they're Well, we can save him for next. Week. We've got to make sure he's healthy. And, barely survived Delaware at home. There were a few Delaware other guys who set out everything that, game that we too. could handle. Yeah. So, I don't know if Narduzzi learned his lesson there, but so, so before we get
0: too far into previewing uh the the Western Michigan game, injuries and all, how does the result that we saw on Saturday impact your outlook and for the rest of the season and the ceiling that this
1: pit team could encounter? It's a tough pill to swallow. And this happened after the Western Michigan game last year, and it pissed some people off that Narzi said after the game, all of our goals are still, in fro- <laughs> all of our goals are still in front of us. There you we go. can still win the ACC, and they did. But at the time, people were like pissed off. It's like are you really just gonna push us under the rug? And he said the same thing after the Tennessee game. It's a non-conference game. It's we're okay. We can still win the ACC. It's easier to swallow because it's a, a good opponent and not. Uh, Max, we were a lot better than I. We should be favorites in every game moving forward. Maybe not Miami.
2: I feel better about how good this. I think this pit team is after the Tennessee game than I did after the West Virginia game.
0: Yeah, I thought. Yeah,
2: I thought West Virginia. Oh, uh, maybe West Virginia is a lot better than we were giving them credit for. It. They just lost to Kansas. You mean? You mean
0: the buzz rock chalk.
2: Rock Chalk Jayhawk.
0: The absolute buzzsaw of Kansas football.
2: But, no, I think the, the defense looked really good in the second half, like we talked about. I thought the offense looked really good when Slovis was in there, the throwing the ball all around the field. I mean, almost 200 passing yards for Slovis in the first half. In the first half.
0: So, and that was with – dude, like, he was getting his head banged off the turf every single play, too. Yeah, we need to fix that. That needs fixed. Immediately.
2: But outside of that, I thought – after this game coming away i was like we probably should have beat that team and we probably do beat that team if if it weren't for those injuries we talked about so so i i think realistic expectations are still the acc i i don't think there's any reason after that game that we shouldn't with a full healthy team which is a big if at this point what, there's any reason why we can't be back in charlotte because the the rest, of the, ACC doesn't, the rest of the ACC doesn't exactly look like gangbusters right now. Yeah, not, not through a this?
1: buzzsaw. Western Michigan, Rhode Island, Georgia Tech, awful. Virginia Tech, loss at home to an, uh, a G5 team. Louisville, offense looks pretty bad.
0: Well, they lost away to that G5 team. Which oh, that's has, right. Which is... Remember all those conversations we have yeah. about why the hell would you do that? And now we're, we're doing we're that. We're doing it this I got to mix up
1: with UNC, who almost lost. They almost lost a couple of times and gave up a bajillion points. Syracuse looks okay, I guess. but The one team who looks better than we originally thought they probably yeah. were. But uh,
2: still, they're still Syracuse. They don't scare me.
1: Virginia got curb stomped by Illinois. Yeah, that... Weird. That yeah. was one of those results,
0: like you know after a long day of like drinking for pit games and you finally lay down in your bed and before you pass out you're like oh other football games happened today and like you scroll through the app and you're, you go huh that was me reading that they lost to Illinois 24 to 3
1: yeah and duke is 2 and 0 but it's duke okay <laughs> and then that Miami game so
0: so th- there is I don't want to call it easy because the second pit fans call something easy or assume that it will be a win is when we fall apart. But I will say that there is room there for some of our guys to get healthy. Yeah, I think that's, that's how I'll phrase it. That's the one thing that I
2: can kind of take solace in with all, all these guys banged up, all these injuries. It's like, I don't know if we can just go up there and, take it to Western Michigan early and let some guys take a back seat and then come back against Rhode island and guys who have been kind of resting up for about yep. two and a half three weeks are healthy to go for ACC play that's it's a favorable schedule that playing two power five opponents off the off the jump is brutal and I think will help pit in the long term yeah but kind of a favorable schedule for us right now
0: yeah i I agree and really i I think the team, the offense that I saw in that first half, and the defense I saw in that second half put together can run through the ACC like a lightsaber through a stick of warm butter. I but what what I think a lot of people are concerned Come about coming
2: that is, on the hot, on the spot.
0: Yes, that was pretty good. Thank you. Uh, but what, what kind of concerns me is. Well, not what concerns me. What's concerning people is that this might take us out of the playoff race. And I, I don't want to be the, the bear of bad news. But, like, I know we, we've we talked about the playoff a little bit. But I, I think we kind of need to get real on that. I think Pitt will eventually, especially when it expands to 12, we can get really serious about that conversation. I think the ceiling for this team was always playoff noise. Have ESPN talking about those panthers in their outside shot to the playoff and they look impressive because at least somebody on tv is talking about pit football i mean everyone
2: in a power five conference technically can make the playoff right. if you go undefeated but it's college football you're probably not going to go undefeated if you go one loss that's pretty damn impressive i am in the same boat boat as you Playoff was always a, a stretch goal, yeah. one might say. I, Since the playoff
1: I, was created eight years ago, there have been thirty-two playoff spots. They've been filled by thirteen teams. Right. It is.
2: But, yeah, I mean, if you're not Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, or Georgia, yeah, I catch
1: lightning in a bottle. Yeah, yeah. And even I, then, and I ain't easy.
0: I mean, there's there's a good chance Pitt slips up again. You know, and, and it takes that.
2: Don't say
1: that. No, oh, no, no. no. <laughs> and there's,
0: there's a chance. Um, but, you know, let's.
1: There's a chance to win the lottery, too. Yeah, right. Um.
0: But, I mean, also, even as we're sitting here talking all this cash about Pitt not being a playoff team. We can win all these games. If they win all <laughs> these games, the committee's going to look at it. And we still might not make it, but the committee could also look at it and be like, this team gave Tennessee all it could handle with a backup quarterback on one leg, they've discounted. In September. In <laughs> September. They've discounted way worse losses. For sure. Oh, for sure. And
2: once again, we're getting our hopes back up for the playoff run here. Oh, no. <laughs> Shouldn't have done we, that. Damn it. We're 500 right now. But this segment was a right. mistake. We
1: did a, a whiteboard right here that says days without talking about the playoff. Zero. Yeah. Back to
2: zero. <laughs> So ACC, the goal has to be win the Coastal, win the ACC. Chopping wood. Please beat Western Michigan. Please. Please. I don't think we begged hard enough last year.
0: We are, not, we are not begging enough this year, so if you are listening, I need you to hit pause on Spotify or Apple Playlists and, and beg the
1: skies for pit victory. Thank you for doing that
0: please welcome back onto the loyal sun show pit defensive end Dayon hayes day on how you doing
3: i'm doing good i'm doing good just getting ready for this game yeah yeah all hands on deck for western michigan yeah definitely i think they're gonna let us pass us this game like we're gonna have a a real like going against a real like not a real offense, but going against the offense that's gonna really drop back. 'Cause the the first two games it was kinda tricky for the D lineman to really like set the tone. But I think this game we're gonna set the tone.
0: So why why was that? Why what makes you feel like you guys can pin your ears back against Western Michigan, but schematically maybe you weren't able to
3: against uh you know, the last two opponents? I think the last two opponents was uh well, West Virginia, they were K-passing, so that's basically like quick-passing it, and they weren't really setting. Like Tennessee, they weren't really – they were quick-passing it, but West Virginia was going the quicker. But thing about Tennessee is he didn't even drop back. like. So, like, when we rushing, we got, like, speed move. Like, that's, that's to get, like, basically up to uh, the quarterback faster. When he's in the middle at, like, five yards – Kind of hard to go. Just it's kind of hard to really rush. We gotta really maintain the gap. So with Hooker, it was it was hard to rush him because he was shallow in a pocket. And if we went past him, he could sneak out because he's so fast. So that game, we was really trying to keep him in a pocket because we knew he couldn't really throw. So that was one of our goals.
2: We appreciate the X's and O breakdown, but I did want to ask you uh, that West Virginia game. Just the atmosphere of it. You're a Pittsburgh guy. Obviously probably saw the game a little bit growing up. You're probably pretty young the last time they actually played it. But what was it like going out there in front of seventy thousand, the biggest sporting event in Pittsburgh history?
3: Man, it was it was cracking. Like them games, like you live for, like honestly, like them games is like to me, them games is like big with your career. Like honestly, I think that game really set the tone like set the tone for the season. Cause like when we get that much support, it's just like it makes us be in our mind. Like, we got to do good. We got to be good. Right? And I think that really helps the uh, program.
0: So I'd be interested, because you've probably heard a lot of the uh, back and forth amongst the fans, and Coach Narduzzi even said something on uh, on ESPN about how you know, there was so much consternation about the makeup of the crowd, you know, so much argument about how many Pitt fans and how many West Virginia fans there were. From your perspective on the field,
3: which fan base was louder week one? We won uh definitely us. Like you could it's tell us okay. our blue our blue is just repping it all. Like anywhere I look, even if I glance, this is our blue. Like we really took over that game. So I don't know why people thought West Virginia was gonna run run that. I don't know why they thought that. Well they yeah, had something to talk about
0: on ESPN. That's that's why they said that. Yeah, I don't know if that was true. There's no way that was true. There's no way. <laughs> no way. Well, some of those other fan bases
2: they don't get to talk about us winning as much, so they just gotta brag about attendance. There's a couple That's other schools true. like that.
3: That's true. That's definitely true. That's all they can Charlie probably try to get over on us is fan support. But you know. We was turn we was there, our fan section, the student section was cracking. That was cracking crazy. Our student we might have got the best student section. We got to. They be just live, like definitely like Definitely an atmosphere to be
2: in. Well, I saw one of the one of the visitors, one of the young high school kids who was visiting for the game, actually mentioned that that was the biggest student section he's seen on any of his visits.
3: So he was really impressed by it. Yeah, that's good, man. That's good. The recruits is coming, like we getting bigger and bigger. It's four, or five stores there, so that's great. That's I saw. We want to get. I saw all I want. I want five scores and four stars. I mean, I know we good to get everybody else. But we, I want the big players, man. So you're a little older
2: now, a couple years removed from high school. But are there any high school kids, local kids that you're still in their ear talking about trying to get them to come to Pitt? Uh, it's tricky right now.
3: Uh, and you don't
2: got to say any names, but is there still some kids out there oh, that yeah. you're shooting and text,
3: DMs? Anybody we get in recruit, like anybody that's recruiting us, I ask the coaches, like, we want them. If they say, yeah, I'm going to send them a text, try to get them something, you know, try to. You know, have a conversation with them because you know getting Pittsburgh kids is big because you know state, yeah. you're trying to get them too. So if we to me, if we out recruit our city, that's just that's probably that's better for the program, honestly. It's a good look on the program to keep the good kids in the city.
0: So how much of a collective effort is recruiting? I know you probably have to take up a lot of responsibilities as like you're kind of the banner whippy old guy right now. So Oh, is, city is
2: league, it, city league. He's a Western PA guy, but lot, he's not a whippy old guy. My apologies. Yeah.
0: I city league, <laughs> city league. Okay, I, you know, I, it. You know
2: I feel, respect
0: on the city league. I feel bad. I feel bad on that one, but <laughs> you know what I mean. West, w- one of the local kids. You know, there's probably a lot for you. Um, you know, on your head to help recruit. But how much is it a collective effort amongst the whole team?
3: We all really try to put our best foot forward to help recruit because it's like we want the program that. Become bigger and better when we here and when we going. So if we don't really put an effort in, we just basically not caring about the program. So I think we all do. Like honestly, when they was when that day we had like four commits, like it was so hard because we all had our flashlights out. Like it was like a party, like a like a like a like a concert because all our flashlights was out. It was committing back to back to back. So we all definitely. Say again. Where was that? That was at the stadium when the recruits was here. It was like. Twitter was going crazy because we had like three or four back to back. Yeah. That yeah. That one committed. Friday, I think it was, or, or it was a Saturday morning. Maybe. I, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't really remember, but I know we just turned in there. It was, it was just surreal. Was just, like I never seen that happen. Like four people commit that day. Like that was wild. But that's because the coaches and us, we just really pushing it and just trying to push out that we got our family's family atmosphere here. So. That's what really everybody like about Pitt, honestly. That's what I love about Pitt. It's a family. Like, we are close and everything's good. And it's real. It's authentic.
2: Could you get a sense that when you're on visits at some other schools, and once again, don't have to say particular, but is it definitely like a real different feeling when you're at Pitt versus maybe some other
3: programs? Yeah. especially It definitely is because – I ain't gonna name a program, but the program I'm gonna program to some programs be like cocky, like they be trying to, like, I'm gonna just say it like I don't care. Wait, Forrest, I've, I they were cocky, they they didn't let me like enjoy recruiting. They was like, if you don't commit, we'll just take it. Like, I'm like, all right, but but Pitt, <laughs> like, because Luzi, he'll understand like the situation because I was from the city, so he was like, if I wanted to take my visit, I could because I'm. Cause I'm from here, I already knew I was committing from to pit. So he had like he he'll be he's good at understanding each player like, like each player he know he gotta bring or like talk to or try to engage with them different. He really that's the people that's the people person that's in him. Like he knows how to communicate and just gets it, he knows how to communicate and uh basically understand each of his like recruits. He's trying to recruit like he knows how to. He basically he knows how to be. More than a he he's like a for example he's like the cool uncle like honestly he's <laughs> like the cool uncle like he know how to just he understand like he get he get down with us like he know how to really be us.
0: Well, that's that's good to hear. I know, you know, it's probably different recruiting every player like. There, there are certain advantages to having a local guy, especially a local four star that's really interested. Uh I I don't know Wake for like who Wake Forest thought they were that they couldn't use a four star edge rusher. And they're they're doing a great job recruiting this yeah, year. Yeah, they're doing
3: good. They do good.
0: But I you know, three years ago, I don't know what they what they yeah. thought they could do, you know, holding the gun
3: to your head and saying recruit now or walk, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Like honestly just I'm being rude. Like the bigger like like, a lot of schools be thinking that's, like, the way to go. I mean, some I don't know. I never met a person that said they liked it, but, you know, I don't think that's the right way to go. But, you know, this is a big decision. Even if we want to commit somewhere else, like, you still should give us, like, the option. But, you know, everybody got their own way, you know. I hope they doing good over there. I know we doing good over here. So, you know, we're going to keep doing it our way.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, if if you were one of the recruits um, who was in the stadium for that, I mean, really, really hard fought and I, I think a little traumatic for us, the fans, uh, game against Tennessee, what would your takeaways from the program be? I think,
3: like, honestly, I think if I was a recruit, I would see, like, I would look at it like, like we, we, we gave it our all. Like, honestly, like, we started off as. But then it's it's just tricky when both of your quarterbacks get hurt, like. Yeah. And we still almost won. So, it's like, I think, really, like, you got to understand, like, here you're going to get developed. Like, you might not, honestly, you might not, like, play as soon as you want. But when you're on that field, you know you're going to be well coached and developed. And, you know, to me, even, we almost won with two hurt quarterbacks, man. So, I believe, you know, we did everything we could, you know. We probably made a couple mistakes, but. We fought hard. Like, I think that's what you – if I was Brett, I will take that from that game.
2: Now, Deion, I have to think after a loss, the the mood in the locker room and in, in the facility isn't quite like it is after a win. Do you think there's a different level after a tough loss like that, a different level of attention to detail? Are you guys more motivated to get after it in practice? Or is it does it take a couple of days to get back in the swing of things after a heartbreaking loss like that?
3: I mean, I think it takes a couple days, really. Like, I mean, you always trying to be like, because, you know, that Saturday we'll have a game. Then that Sunday we'll go for film. Then that Monday we off. So it's like still like a little KCM off that you don't really like. But, you know, you got to, like, hurry up and get rid of that and get on to the next. Because, like, with this, like, in seasons, on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. But you always got to reflect. Like, we all, like, that Sunday we definitely reflected what we did bad. And we get have done a lot of stuff better, but you know, that's what comes with college football—like ups and downs. But we know what we got correct, and I think we was a little, a little mad. But you know, we gotta get over it. We on to the next game. So that Monday, we watched film like the D line. We always watch film on the Monday.
2: So you're coming off a loss, but also the Western Michigan game last year ended kind of tough as well. Is there some extra motivation for the defense to show up and? Maybe a little bit of a revenge game against Western Michigan.
3: Yeah, for sure. Like we got, we got stuff that's in the uh, in the facility, like that, like has the score of that game, and just basically saying, like, do your job, go all out, and we'll basically won't let that happen again. So we didn't, ha- we didn't had that up that type of poster up since winter workouts because we got to prove it's so a statement game right here. Like they got, they got lucky. They ain't get lucky. They earned it. But we, we're gonna be way better. We, we, we're gonna be way better and ready to go. Like we that's we gotta do big things against them. So last question about Tennessee. Uh, you guys
0: put together one of the best defensive quarters I've seen out of a pit team in that second half that I think I've ever seen. What what was the conversation? What kind of sparked that at halftime? Because you guys came out there and did something to that offense that nobody has done in the hoople era, hypo era, whatever. Yeah.
3: Man. I think we got a good game plan, honestly. Like our coaches definitely come in at halftime knowing what formations we should look out at, like look for, knowing what formations we would be run past. So our coaches really are big on like the formations and schemes. Like we got good coaches and we got a great defense, Coach Dues and Coach Bates. Definitely put us in great positions to be able to just stop a team like that. Because, you know, we, we talked about that, like, basically, like, that never happened, honestly. Like, a team like that, they don't get stopped like that. You know what I mean? So, mm. we just we just put it all together. Like, I mean, it's just like we still came up short, but we got to understand we can play that good. But, honestly, we need more turnovers. Turnovers change the game. Like When you get them and play how we played in the second half, the offense probably wouldn't have had the score, so. Our goal is basically turn, turn the ball off, turn get turnovers, and don't let them score. So I think we got to get better at turnovers, but our coaches are great putting us in position to, to lock down a team like that.
0: If Dayon Hayes has a pick six or a scoop and score against Western Michigan, what kind of celebration are we looking at?
3: Uh, I, I like, I, I'll say I'll do uh, – that's tricky. I'll do – I'll do the Antonio Brown with that little put that on. Uh, I like that. That little <laughs> Antonio Brown. I think that's hard.
0: Yeah, it's catching like on. It.
3: Yeah, that is. Like TikTok going crazy on it. I definitely will do that because I like Antonio Brown. He, that's hard. I like it. What would you? What
2: would be your uh go-to turnover dunk on the turnover hoop?
3: Probably a, what is it, a 360 when you swirl around. I think that's what it's called. I'll try that. A little 360
2: Vince Carter-esque.
3: Yeah,
2: definitely Vince Carter. Well, Dan, your second time guest on the show that puts you in elite company, John Morgan, Elijah Zeiss. Can't think of anyone else right now. I'm probably forgetting someone. That's a defensive
0: but... all-star team right there. Look at yeah, that. So,
2: so you're a veteran on this show. So we figured we'd throw something new at you. There's a new little segment we want to try out. It's called All Out Blitz. Basically, we're just going to hit you with rapid fire questions. You give us quick answers. First thing that comes to your mind. You ready to go? I'm ready on on two on two okay all right uh best food spot in oakland
3: uh best food spot stack.
0: best turnover dunk celebration
3: this season or just ever that ever.
0: you've seen sure,
3: I think b hills he uh he jumps super high like he's athletic, he jumps super high he is. Ackershore Stadium or Heinz Field? Gotta go Heinz Field. You can't change that. They can't change that on us. What's the
0: best game you've ever had at any level?
3: Peaceful. I think I'll say that game my best game so far.
0: Follow up to that. What is the most sacks you've ever had in a game?
3: I had a couple of two. I had two. Oh, ever? Well, I had five in high school before. <laughs> who, I, who was that they against? Got it. That was against uh I had horrible. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think they I think they disbanded the football team for a couple years, so you might have you might have speeded up their uh, the end of their program. But they're back now. But uh fi- favorite road game location.
3: Favorite road game location, I would say, I would say Tennessee. That was different. That was different. Tennessee was different.
2: Least favorite road game location. Dude, man, dude,
3: gonna have nobody understand. <laughs>
0: well, the two know this year, so, you know, maybe they'll be able to break, like, a couple dozen. Um, best trash talker on the team?
3: I would say Haba. Yeah, Hava's a good trash talker.
0: Does he do it in English or Italian?
3: In Italian, you already know. He's talking <laughs> all them different languages. You don't understand that. You just be saying, you know, he be going wild how he looks. <laughs>
0: You can't get an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty if the ref doesn't know what language you're speaking.
3: At all, you can't get that.
0: If you could play another position, what would it be?
3: Tight end, I think I could catch.
0: I think I could catch. (laughs) Who puts up the most weight in the weight room?
3: Uh, I would say Devin or d He's definitely
0: strong. Danielson, yes,
3: he's super strong.
0: He's kind of got that farm boy strength, doesn't he? Yes,
3: yeah, so uh, goodness. he's built like a truck, like <laughs> he's strong in it.
2: <laughs> the home blue jerseys or the white away jerseys.
3: Home
0: um, blue.
3: I want us I wish we went all blue. I think we should start doing the all blue. I Hineshield. will go crazy.
0: Like a a royal blue helmet because we've been we've been pushing for that.
3: Man, I'll be a blue rush. I'll be the best if we did something like that.
0: Are you promising a repeat of the carrot game if we you, we did, like, the All-Royal
3: Blues? Yes, I got to. I got it because I'm going to be feeling it. Like, I got, I got to go crazy with that on. All
0: right, well, I, EJ Brigetti listens occasionally, so hopefully he hears this and he can push something through. EJ, if you're listening, All-Royal Blues.
3: All-Royal Blues,
2: All right, we want you to build the perfect pit defensive end using your teammates. So basically, what teammates uh attribute you would want to use for this? So who's speed?
3: Kalaja 4 6. Jesus. Man. Really? Yes. <laughs> that's Man, that's he comical.
2: He's gonna break the record. <laughs> Guys that big shouldn't move that fast. All right, who's strength? I'm guessing Devin.
0: Yes,
3: Devin.
0: Best move?
3: Best move? Pablo's cross shot. Pablo got a Oh, yeah, Papa. yeah, yeah. He got a good cross shot. I got to get that. I got to learn that better. But he got that.
2: Highest IQ?
3: Dez. Dez. Oh, yeah, Dez. I'll say Dez. Des look.
0: All right, what about best post-sack celebration?
3: John Morgan, yeah, he, he got the best. <laughs> Joe got the best. Did you he, did, he be look he look hard? Like he be, it's like he be practicing.
0: <laughs> he uh I don't know if you saw the film session he did with us, but after that sack he had on JT Daniels that he wasn't rolled down, he apologized to uh, Panther Nation because he got up and started celebrating. Daniel's knee was fully on the ground, but he uh, he apologized, said he got a little bit ahead of himself.
3: Yeah, he, he got them. He got them celebrations celebration.
0: Right? Awesome. Well, honestly, it's I think you just named five or six different guys. And that's really a testament to how deep and uh, frankly freakish your guys defensive line room is. So we're excited to see a you pin your ears back against Western Michigan, get a little bit of
3: revenge. For sure, we got a statement. That statement game, we definitely gonna do that. Awesome. Well, best of luck this weekend. We're rooting for you, Dayon, and Hell to Pit. Hell to Pit. Appreciate y'all. Hell to Pit. Thanks, Dayon. Hell to Pit. See y'all. Well,
2: it's time to preview those pesky Western Michigan Broncos. God, the worst. We have to say their name now. We've gone long enough with pretending that we wouldn't say, it, even though saying it every other episode. But we're back with the Loyal Sun Sportsbook. This is the best way we can preview this game with doing very little research on their team. I'm about to be
0: like rapidly pulling up their last two box scores just to see if I can gain anything.
1: They had a QB from Norwin.
2: You mean you didn't screenshot them already like I did five minutes before the episode? You're so well prepared. All right. Let's just kick off with our first prop. Over, under, Izzy carries, 25 and a half. Squids. Am I going
1: first this week? Yeah. Okay. Uh, that up a little bit. Keep you on your toes. I will say under. I think it's 18 to 20-ish. But since this is a lesser opponent, we will see more of Vincent Davis, Careful Sibo and Dan Carter. I don't know. I think – Especially after the week we just had with everyone getting banged up, will be more willing to uh, spread the ball around to the backfield. Yeah, I disagree, Squid. I am, I am
0: hammer fisting, Superman punching the over. Oh, I'd love it, but I don't think it's gonna happen. No, I mean, no quarterback. Is he coming off the greatest game of his collegiate career? One hundred and fifty-four yards. They are going to ride that horse until its hooves fall off. Like I, I think that's the only way they can go forward here is by leaning on him. And I think Western Michigan knows that's going to be the case and then it's just going to be a big old ugly rock fight. But give me the over. I think he's going to have somewhere in the 28 to 32 range. I'm going to go
2: under, and a lot of that is my hope that he won't have to be still getting carries into the fourth quarter, late into the fourth quarter, and we're not in that type of rock fight with Western Michigan again. I would hope, you know, 17, 18 carries, like Swid said, gets it done early enough, and he still goes over 100 yards. But I'm hoping that that won't be the case. And also, if Slovis or Patty can go this week, I don't think they'll be that run heavy, as opposed to if Derek Kyler trots out there, then... The, the overlook's a little better to me. But I'm hoping that it doesn't take that many carries to, to put up points against Western Michigan. So this takes us to our next prop. Yes or no, will
1: Slovis or Patty play in this game on Saturday? I say yes. I think Keaton Slovis will play. Not much insight, but the report starts not as bad as it seems. I think if Patty was fully healthy they might rest slovis since both guys are banged up um i don't know i feel I like i don't the,
2: think they want to go up there with with the third strength yeah team.
1: so i think slovis would be good enough to go that's that and i think the patty ankle thing it's an ankle thing it's always worse we saw Rodney hammond can he pick it you can hang around that night for the next day and we come on could be a big problem I'm being a doctor and I don't have any certification there
0: I think there's I, I'm gonna say definitely not um, I think Patty with the ankle it looked bad while he was playing I, I don't think he'll be ready next week and Slovis has a little bit of a concussion history which typically drags out you know that amount of recovery time so I I think he could be ready by Rhode Island and I think he'll definitely play against Georgia Tech, I don't think we're going to see him at Western Michigan.
2: I'm going to go yes, purely out of hope that one of them is ready to
0: go and that we're not going to Kalamazoo with a third string. So this is more a prayer than a prediction? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, can I go for a second Loyal son's point by correctly trying to guess who does play quarterback? Do we want to add Kenny that? Teddy Minchie. Uh,
2: okay. Okay. All right, I thought we were adding that as a contingent
0: point here, but okay. That'd be pretty cool. That, he is killing the game right now in, in Tennessee high school football. His stat line every week is like the best part of my Friday. Yeah, I just laugh as I get
2: updates. Like, Kenny Minchie has five touchdowns through three quarters. Hasn't like thrown pass. Tw- complete pass.
0: <laughs> 12 atten- like, he's 12 for 12, five touchdowns and like 300 yards. Just everything is a... 60 yard dime. Think Notre Dame's still going to
2: steal
1: them from us? I will go on a. Nope. All right, next. They're on two. No one's going there. Marsh- we, are, we are Marshall. Marshall
2: might get him.
0: <laughs> the thundering herd, baby. They're coming for you. All
2: right, next. Over under five and a half sacks for the pit defense. That's a lot. That is a lot. It's a lot. I also think that
0: Pitt, the, Pitt, they need to. That they need to. It's a
2: the, necessity. And the pit defense has something to prove against Western Michigan after yeah. what they did
1: to them last year. I'm going to say under. I think Western Michigan tries to do their quick pass RPO shenanigans again. Won't be as successful, but it'll be kind of like the Tennessee game last week where. Not a whole lot of sacks because they're running up the middle, screens to the outside, RPOs, three-step drops. We'll get a couple, but they'll just control the game. The thing last year was Western Michigan ran the ball on us a lot too. So yeah. I think Narduzzi's going to be like big on like, stuff in the run. Yeah. Um,
0: I don't think Western Michigan is equipped this year the way that they were last year to do it. I mean – It's a little bit of a—obviously, there's no solace who can really take in that loss, but Sky Moore going in the second round. Second round. and uh, Playing for the Chiefs today. Looking pretty damn good. Yeah, I think he had one catch for like 30
2: yards. Um, Caleb Ellaby gone. Did he end up going in the
0: NFL or did he just, I think he entered the draft and went undrafted. So I think he's just kind of chilling. (laughs) That's huge. Thank God. (laughs) I'd be, I'd be shaking in my boots this week if we had to go up against Caleb Ellaby again. Um, but to answer your question, Dylan, the safe money is under, under five and a half, especially knowing like if they just try to do the whole like quick RPO thing, um, I th- I think they would need to go over for us to feel comfortable about this game. So what's not it? not need to, but I'm gonna go under. I think they'll get four or five, but I think five and a half is the sports book is trying to bait us a little bit. Vegas knows something. They uh, always knows does. something. Always does. I'm gonna go over
2: for the sake of me making what may have been a shitty line, <laughs> 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 and also uh, I.
1: Revenge game.
2: Revenge game. Tommy DeVito-esque when they just were absolutely teeing off on him (laughs) a couple years ago. Probably why he fled for the Big Ten. But I'm going to go over. I think those guys are just going to have a huge game. Uh, Salopec, their quarterback, local guy, went to Norwin High School. He threw 43 times last week against Ball State. If they're going to drop back and throw the ball that many times, I would hope Pitt defense can get to him six times, even on those quick throws. So I'm going to go over please. But you guys, I think, I think you guys did take the safe money there, but we'll circle back next week. Yeah. We didn't even By the way, who's winning? We didn't even tally last week's points, so we'll, we won't even know who did well. We're very sad. Yeah. We'll tweet a graphic, maybe. Pit on it. Pitt's leading receiver in this upcoming game. Week one, it was Jared Wayne. Week two it was Gavin Bartholomew. Who we got this
1: week? I'm going Jared Wayne again. I might go Jared Wayne every week. Just because he's so good, and they should give it to him every every play. That's That's my analysis. (laughs) Do you want to get a a whiteboard out and like chart that out, like break it down?
2: Really good throw to him.
0: Uh, I agree with Squid. I think especially if we have a backup quarterback in, it really favors Jared Wayne because you got to go to old reliable. You gotta. Um, So I think. You know they'll have him coming across the middle. I'm, I'm trying to position myself as best as possible for the inevitable Kanate Mumfield breakout <laughs> game. Um, but I, I, I do think the circumstances benefit Jared Wayne. Okay, I,
2: Jared Wayne has looked really good these first two weeks. I'd like to see him get even more targets. Yeah. Anything in his vicinity, he snatches up. But I'm going Kanate Mumfield. I went with him last week. I'm, I'm gonna keep getting burnt. Uh, I'm just gonna keep picking him until he wins one, and he's used to playing in the MAC.
0: Yeah, yep. he,
2: he tore up the MAC as a freshman. He's he's played these guys before, so I'm gonna go with Mumfield. I'm hoping for a breakout game for him, a uh, huge performance. I'm I'm waiting for. So, kind of leads to our next one here. First touchdown score. I picked Mumfield last week. I was not correct. Did anyone? Did you pick Izzy?
0: I did pick Izzy.
2: Wow, that's two points. Let's Ooh, go. What yeah. we got
0: I did, it didn't
1: occur to me until now. <laughs> I will go with Izzy. I think that's a pretty safe pick. What are you thinking? Yeah.
0: Well, I also wanted to go Izzy.
2: Um, Take
1: Derek Kyler.
0: QB sneak. I, Derek I, Kyler, 30-yard run. I will give you run. six
2: points if you pick Derek
0: Kyler and it hits. Super boost. You think I'm? You think I'm going to pass up on those odds, Derek Kyler? <laughs> I right. was going to say Dan Carter, but I'm going Derek Kyler. I'm going to go Izzy. Hmm. <laughs> I. Well, that's I have, I, <laughs> I have the sense that I was just trapped. <laughs> A fool I am. Vegas always
2: wins. Always. Now let's call the spread. Just check the line. I think it opened at 10 and a half, but I saw 11 and a half on DraftKings. That's what we're going to go with. I looked at it about 10 minutes ago. So, Pitt minus 11 and a half walking into Kalamazoo. What do we got?
1: I go Pitt covers 28 to 13. So, do you want
0: prediction in this at the, at the same time? or Go for it. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, I'm actually going to say Western Michigan covers that number. I think that this is going to be a get up there, do the deed, no matter how ugly and gross it is, get the hell out of Michigan. Um, I I don't think that this Western Michigan team is terrible. They beat Ball State last week, and they gave Michigan State a decent game week one. I don't think Michigan State's, like, Squid, you're you're cracking up hysterically what? Go on. Go on. (laughs)
2: You have a big tank comment you're man. No, in. No, no.
0: I mean they they didn't lose by a hundred to a top twenty five opponent in week one. Um but but first and foremost I I just think people need to respect the Mac. If you're everyone take ten minutes this week and just respect the Mac to yourself because This is how we got ourselves in this position, was not taking them seriously enough. I mean, this is the most fun conference in college football, the most chaotic conference,
1: and and chaos tends to act against Pitt's best interests. I know you're a big Mac guy. Huge. But the Sun Belt might be the most fun conference. The Fun Belt? Shut up. They had some big upsets this week. It's not about being
0: good. It's about Fly being on weird. Night. Yeah, yeah okay. it's about being weird. How many honestly? Fumbles? The Steeler
2: game today kind of looked like what? What a
0: Wednesday that night was, Mac. That game. was a Mac game. As many fumbles and missed kicks as you can fit into sixty minutes of football. That's what the Mac is all about. Um, I I just think it's it's going to be a weird, ugly, chaotic game. I think Pitt's gonna win something stupid like like. I want to say 20 to 14 but it's going to be like a, like a Ugh. dumber number. It's going to be a dumber number like like 19 to 13. 19 to that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, 19 <laughs> to 13.
2: Pit, pit leaves no oh, I, I do not
0: I do not care if we win that game by 100. I don't care if we win it by one. I just want to get it over with and get healthy players back, come back against Rhode Island, kick the shit out of them and then Recollect ourselves going into ACC play. That's
1: all I want. I, I do not give a, a shit what the final score is as long as Pitt wins. So this will be like the first round of March Madness. It's just. Yes. This get is. Through it. Don't get upset. On to the next. Settle I'm an, in.
0: I'm envisioning Pitt, Delaware from a couple years
1: ago. Oh my God. You're killing me. It's, the Stop game is talking. too far away. Stop talking. <laughs> Dylan, please tell me Pitt's going to win by like 37.
2: Pitt's covering and they're going to win by like 30. Okay. I needed that. I just. I did that for Squid. But. I, I think they do cover and they Western Michigan just lost to Ball State and I hate I hate the transitive they beat thing. Ball State. Western Michigan? Yeah. They did not beat Ball State. They good research. They lost thirty to twenty
0: nine. They won thirty seven to thirty.
2: Who has the wrong information here? Are you
1: looking at like the <laughs> Let me see? Is that It
2: says (laughs) yesterday.
1: Are you looking at... (laughs) Mine too. All right. I'll be the tiebreaker here. All right. We can cut this out. Yeah, for sure. The mission was 0-2. But, okay. Yahoo says they're 0-2, but they beat Ball State. (laughs) (laughs) Can we... No, no, no. We're going to keep this rolling. We're going
0: to keep this in. Can we get to the
2: bottom of this? All right. Let's find another source <laughs> i thought mean? for sure they lost i thought we were going into oh and two mo-
0: what are you all on? Are, <laughs> i was on espn Pro- producer we are, Bain, can we you are focus? both on espn and it is giving us different results
2: well i was on google oh yes uh, what my espn app does say western michigan won so i'm going to say that that's right
1: i'm i'm checking twitter i'm not sold yet <laughs> I'm looking up the Western Michigan like
0: football. Account. Okay, yeah, Google Google absolutely says that Ball State won that game. I'm. Did this game even happen? <laughs> I'm. Are ap- we going insane? I'm apoplectic right now.
2: Okay, uh, at Bill Beckner on Twitter, career day for Western Michigan QB one Jack Salopek and 37 30 win over Ball State.
0: Okay, there we go. Yeah. Why does it say?
2: That?
0: Why did <laughs> M- Mac breaks brains and. Search engine optimization.
2: Okay, well, regardless of them beating or not beating sh- shitty Ball State, Ball State lost by almost 50 points to Tennessee. Like I said, I hate doing the trans- transitive part. Get- Pitt better go up there and win, and they better win by more than 11 and a half. Go win the game. I'm going to go 37-17. Pitt comes out a winner, and we're going to roll into Rhode Island week and beat the hell out of them. So that's what I'm pulling for. I Please. can't believe we just had... To check several
1: different yeah. sites to figure out the results. some intern at Yahoo Sports just got fired. Get him out!
2: But we have that kind of pull. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna make some calls after this. Yeah. Wow, that was that was wild. So, I think Nuts. Pitt wins. I think they need to win, and I am not going to enjoy watching the game. That's all. I know we still. talked
1: about going to this game as an away game trip, and like one of our friends they got a hotel. And you can cancel it up the day before, and we're still not sure if we're going. I won't be there. Going to Kalamazoo with a third string quarterback. <laughs> thats uh, kind that'd be kind of
0: funny. That's kind that's of just heroic. asking
1: <laughs> That's funny. That's a recipe for disaster. That, it, that sounds that has like potentially the worst trip anyone has ever made,
0: ever. <laughs> that sounds like a bit that you're like way over committing to. Like, wouldn't it be funny? Kind of feels I think, like we have to do it now. Yeah. At the tailgate on
1: Saturday I said if Pitt wins and looks really good, I'll probably go. Just because what else am I gonna do? So <laughs> why not go to Kalamazoo? But now that we're we're on the barrel of a third string quarterback, that that drive just uh, I thought of the drive That's back a far after the loss. Ugh. That is a
0: far drive. Uh I'm I'm gonna have a terrible situation for this game. I'm going uh to a bachelor party for one of my childhood best friends, he is a Penn Stater. The the vast majority of this party is going to be Penn Staters. So while they are watching Penn State beat a terrible Auburn team by like four points and talk about what this means for their college football playoff resume, like totally sincerely and without a hint of irony, uh, I'm going to have to watch a stupid rock fight with a Mac team on my laptop. So that's—I don't think any of us are exactly looking forward to this, are we? No, not at all. It's a real long, weird week. Yeah. Please just get us to Rhode
2: Island, and so I—I I really need the—the the calming of like a just a sixty-point beatdown of an overmatched FCS team.
0: We deserve it, please.
2: Please, guys. My heart needs just a blowout. Mm-hmm. on Sunday night I need to go to bed Please
0: Win Please get healthy Please win Please win
3: Where it began I can't begin to know it
0: But then I know It's growing strong Wasn't the spring